Hi, and welcome to the U-Turn Podcast. My name is Pastor Ashton Fish, and I'm going to be your host. This podcast is designed for students to stay connected to U-Turn Youth Ministry. We often listen to a sermon or we have a special discussion. I hope you enjoy the episode this week. Um, Tonight is a special night. Tonight I have a message about surrender, um, and really it's the start of Lent. And so I want to kind of explain what is the start of Lent, what does surrendering to God really mean? It kind of means this. Have you ever been on a camping trip before? Has anybody ever been on a camping trip? And like you've been eating like canned food, right? You've been eating stuff that you're like, this is not like real food, but you know what? I'm going to like do this. I'm going to like make it through the camping trip. Or maybe even better, have you been up to Camp Cedar Crest before? which basically just means you fast the whole week or the weekend because the food isn't very good. Um, I remember when I was a kid up at camp, the sausage um, the sausage was like these like pucks, and we used to play air hockey on the tables. That's how hard the sausage was. It was not edible. So if you think that the Camp Cedar Crest food is bad now, it was like 10 times worse back then, which is, yeah, there's a couple good meals now. They have the salad bar in the back. But have you ever like come home from the camping trip or come home from summer camp, and you had that first meal? Do you know what I'm talking about? That first meal that you're like, thank you, Jesus, for this double-double In-N-Out burger right now, right? Like every time it's like, and there's yeah, this In-N-Out burger that just looks so good. And honestly, In-N-Out is great, but like when you're eating this burger, you're like this is the best food I've ever tasted. You know what I'm talking about, right? When you've been deprived of something for a while and you taste the real deal, something like turns on. And that's really what Lent is about. The word for Lent means springtime. It means springtime. And so what it's implying is this, is that we've been in a winter season, we've been in a season of death, of drought, a season of things not really working out, but now God is going to turn it around. Thank you, Shannon, for playing that song earlier. Um, And hey, God's going to bring springtime. And I think that's prophetic for all of us, especially coming out of the last couple years. It's felt like winter. Anybody else, right? It's felt like winter. Things have been dead. Things have been hard. But God is about to unleash his spirit. God's wanting to bring a springtime to our lives. I don't know about you. I want springtime. Anybody want springtime? Anybody want new life, new things, new blessings? That's what I want from God. I want the freshness that spring means. So the goal of Lent is to prepare you for Easter, the resurrection of Jesus, through reflection, through repentance, prayer, fasting, and kindness. And so I want to encourage you to start reflecting, hey, what areas of my life right now are dead? What areas of my life right now is it wintertime? And in this season, I want you to begin to pray and say, God, would you start to turn those things around? Whatever the winter season is, start reflecting and then start repenting. God, here are areas like I'm agreeing with that negative thing. One of the things that we can do is we can fast. We can let something go. And often that's food, right? Have you guys ever fasted food before? Um, Isaac just got done with a one-month fast, um, not chosen. Um, and he can tell you that it's hard fasting for a month and not eating food, right? It empties you. Um, and, and seriously, talk to him about his experience because that was wild. But I, I believe that God did something very spiritual in that time. And Isaac can talk about it. I was with him when he was in the hospital for that month. And God did incredible things in, in Isaac's life when you take that moment to fast, right? Um, And so I want to encourage you, what's that thing you can let go of? And for some of you here, it might be like anxiety. Maybe you have been riddled with anxiety over the pandemic, and you just need to let that go during the season. Maybe this season you can say, hey, God, I'm just going to surrender that anxiety, that worry, that stress to you, that problem that's going on in your family. You can just say, God, I'm just going to give you that for the next month. 
God, I'm just going to surrender the need to always be right. I don't struggle with that at all. That's not why I'm saying that. I, just, I don't need to always be right, right? But give up that pride. Give up, the, give up your ego, right? Be kind in this season. Find ways, hey, how can I be kind? Instead of it always being just about me, how can I be kind to the people around me? At school, maybe I see someone doesn't have a lunch. Maybe I give them my lunch, right? And then you kill two birds with one stone. You fast. Give somebody your lunch. Pretty awesome, right? What's a thing that you can do to be kind to others? And that's often forgotten in the Lenten season, that this is a season about kindness and generosity. And so I want us to think about that, to reflect tonight. And hey, we've been in a winter season, but now God's bringing a springtime season into our lives prophetically through the death of Jesus, right? The winter and the resurrection, which is the spring of new life coming in to be. And so that's where we're at right now. And we're going to be in a series of this all the way up until Easter. Um, and I want us to go to Matthew chapter four. You guys can grab a Bible on your table right now. It starts in Matthew after you get through like the introduction of your Bibles. It goes right into Matthew chapter four. It's the first book. So just go to the fourth chapter. And we're going to be doing verses one through 12 tonight. And this is the temptation of Jesus. Jesus, when he started his ministry, he went into a desert. He went into a wilderness. He went into a winter season. And look at what it says here in Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 and 2. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Who led Jesus into the wilderness? The Spirit led God, led Jesus into the wilderness. Hey, guys, listen up real quick. Not every time God is just leading you to rainbows and candy and Coca-Cola, okay? I know, it's, it's hard, right? Not, not every time is God leading us to the place that we want to go, but God is leading you to the place that you need to go. Amen. If you're going to make a big decision, if you're struggling, like if you need to do something that's really important, if you are hungry, angry, lonely, or tired, halt. Take a moment to stop. Take a moment to stop. Isn't that good advice? Because I've been there before where it's like, oh man, I'm really like, stressed out right now and I'm, I'm tired and, and you make a dumb choice. Anybody ever been tired and made the wrong choice, right? Any, anybody ever struggle with being lonely and you make the wrong choice, right? Like isolation, not a good thing, aka COVID for like the last couple of years. So many people isolated doing dumb, dumb stuff. Have you guys noticed that when you become angry, you really make wrong choices? Have you guys ever read it out before? You don't need to raise your hand. But you got so angry, you did something that you like completely regret because you were so angry. I said not to raise your hand. Come on, what are you doing? Just kidding. You guys just getting clean. You're getting clean. Or hey, again, hungry. Just something as simple as hungry, right? When you're hungry, you're making a bad decision. You're gonna notice that Jesus, he halted the devil through all of the three temptations we're about to go through. He halted. The devil was trying to make him fall into these things and trying to get him to make the wrong choice, but he decided to halt and wait on God. So that's, that's for all of us here today. If you're struggling with being hungry, angry, lonely, or tired, don't make a big decision because often that will mess up your life. And that's just good life wisdom right there. Let's go back to Matthew 4, uh, 3 through 4. During that time, the devil came and said to him, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. But Jesus told him, no, the scriptures say, people do not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Another side note here that I, I always like to point out is notice that the devil is really good at using scripture. The devil uses scripture to try to convince Jesus to do the wrong thing. Sometimes we can even look at scripture wrongly applied and wrongly put into our hearts, and we can actually let the scripture teach us the wrong things. 
And so we, that's why we have to be careful in community to know that we're reading scripture in community because scripture can be manipulated. AKA what happened in the 1700s and 1800s was slavery. Scripture was used in that time to justify slavery. And so if that was happening and pastors were doing that then, what are pastors and people right now that aren't following God doing, right? And so you have to be careful to not let scripture manipulate, manipulate you and do things that are not throughout the whole Bible, okay? So just know the enemy can even use scripture. So that's why we need to know our word. If that's not a warning for us to do our devotionals, and again, I'm not trying to say it out of fear alone, but just going, wait a minute, I need to know my word so I can combat the enemy of my soul. Anybody else? I need to get in God's word so I know what he's saying, and I need to be reading it with a community so I make sure that it's interpreted rightly to my life. Right? That's why we need to read the scriptures together, and we need to read them like this in a community. Because, heck, if I say something wrong, you guys can call me on it. Amen. If I'm not teaching the Bible, please go up to me with pastors, not on the Bible. That's why we're in community and accountability here in U-Turn. But the point is this that I want to bring up out of the scripture. Not only did the devil try to use scripture, but Jesus told the devil off and used scripture rightly. Jesus surrendered to God's word more than his wants and desires. What do you think Jesus' wants and desires were after 40 days of eating no food? To eat bread, Right? And so Satan knew that. He's like, why don't you turn these bread into stone? Like He was going after Jesus' wants and desires. As a Christian, we cannot be led by our wants and our desires all the time. There are some healthy wants and desires in your life. Like, who here wants to be in healthy relationships with other people, right? Who here wants to eat uh, food and, and stay alive and drink water? Okay, those are, yeah, I, I want to eat, you know, have those things. I desire to eat. Those aren't the things I'm talking about. It's the things that... that are put in our lives that start to become more than God. See, we don't need anything else but God. Everything else is secondary. I think the point, what Jesus was trying to say is, hey, I live for God alone. I don't need food. I don't need anything else. What I really need is I need God. And that's the question for all of us here tonight. What do you really need? Right now, what comes into your head if I say, hey, what do you really need right now in your life? And ultimately, what we need to get to is a place to say, I need God. Because if I have God and I have a right relationship with God, then everything else falls below underneath that. Everything else goes, I have good relationships with others. I have a good relationship, let's start with myself. Actually, I have a good relationship with myself if I have a good relationship with God. I have a good relationship with others if I have a good relationship with God. I have a good relationship with the world and creation if I have a good relationship with God. And so Jesus was saying, no, I live on God's word first. That's how important God's word is. Everything else is secondary. Let's look at the second temptation, Matthew 4, 5 through 8. Then the devil took him to the holy city, Jerusalem, to the highest point in the temple, and he said, if you are the son of God, jump off. For the scriptures say, look at this, Satan using scripture again, he will order his angels to protect you, and he will hold you up with their hands so that you, so that you won't hurt your foot on a stone. Verse 7, Jesus responded, the scriptures also say, you must not test the Lord your God. See, this was a test because Jerusalem in this area was the center of the world for the Jewish person. And so if, he, if Jesus would have jumped off of the temple, everybody would have saw how amazing Jesus was. What was happening right here, the devil was playing with Jesus's ego. He was trying to make Jesus feel like he was the man. He was trying to make Jesus feel like he was so important, had, he was powerful, and that other people needed to recognize him and see how awesome he was. That was the test. 
And I don't know how many times that's happened in my life where I'm tested to puff out my chest and look at how awesome I am and prove myself. And that's right when I fall flat on my face. It's like my first concussion. I was trying to play football. I think I was 12 years old and I was at an event and I was there with my girlfriend at the time. And I was trying to prove myself in front of her and I was trying to catch this football even though I was really chunky at that time and I couldn't really play football. I was like, I can get this ball, I promise, you know. And so I'm running as hard as I can and I didn't see the pole. And it was literally like a pole like this and like it was just sticking up, right? And so there was a pole and I'm running and I ran straight into the pole and literally I heard like a ding. And like I fell down and it was this moment, I don't know if it's just a guy thing, maybe girls you experience this too, but I didn't want to cry in front of the guy. So literally I hit it and I was like, and everybody's like, is he okay? And I'm like literally trying to like, they're like, Ashton, what's going on? Like, just cry, bro, you're okay, right? And so I just start crying. They they took me over, they put a, a thing of ice, literally like a, a huge pack of ice and it melted over my head. And I just remember my girlfriend at the time came up and she's like, you're such a loser. And like with the other guys that laughed at me, we broke up that day, it was horrible. <laughs> my wife's laughing in the back. She's like, that's what you get for dating other girls. That's what you get. <laughs> but it's funny how our ego, right? We try to prove ourselves. We want to live for the approval of others. We want to look good. And it's amazing what we'll do to look good. Look at Instagram. It's amazing how many people are posting and trying hard. You can just look at your Instagram, right? And see all these people trying to find the approvals of others and living for the likes of others. But Jesus uh, surrendered to God and only sought his approval. This is the second point, if you want to write this down. Jesus surrendered to God and only sought his approval, not the approval of others. We do not need the approval of others. We only need a healthy relationship with God. And that's what Jesus was proving, saying, I don't need the approval of others. I don't need to become this famous guy and jump off the temple and be this you know, guy that everybody talks about and live off the approval of my next performance. I know that God loves me right where I'm at, and I don't need to be tested because my Father knows who I am. Let's go to the last temptation, Matthew 4, 8 through 11. Next, the devil took him to a peak on a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. I will give it all to you, he said, if you kneel down and worship me. Get out of here, Satan, Jesus told him, for the scriptures say you must worship the Lord your God only and serve him only. Then the devil went away, and the angel came back and took care of Jesus. See, this is so big because here's the last point. Jesus surrendered to God in worship, not worshiping himself, others, or things. We always have a temptation to worship ourselves, to worship others, or worship things, possessions in our life. And Jesus was saying, no, these are not the things that you are to live for. See, the truth is everybody in this room, you are worshiping something. There is something that you are elevating in your life. It might be a video game. It might be your favorite sport. It might be your girlfriend or boyfriend, or it might be a celebrity. We're all lifting up somebody. We're all worshiping somebody. It was like yesterday I was at uh, Canyon High School, which, by the way, I'm at FCA there every other Tuesday. So I'll be there not this next Tuesday, but the Tuesday after in March. And I was there, and a kid said, because I asked a question, what's the most valuable thing he has? Um, Apex, does anybody play Apex around here, right, the game? Um, you're used to, okay. He spent $4,000 on a character. $4,000 on a character. Like, he was so into this video game, he spent $4,000. That was the thing that he was so into, right, that he was lifting up in his life. See, 
we all can worship things that are completely ridiculous. Because who's agrees right here that $4,000 on one character in a video game is ridiculous? Can we just all agree to that? Okay, cool. Thank you. Thank you. That is like, you could like save a village somewhere with that kind of money, okay? But here's the thing. We all worship something. Who do you worship? Because as we go into this season of preparing for Easter, that's really the question. Who are you lifting up in your life? Are you lifting up God? Are you lifting up a thing? Are you lifting up another person? Or even are you lifting up yourself that you actually think that you are God? And I know I've been there in my life too where I'm like, oh no, I think right now I'm pretty cool. I'm just gonna do what I'm, I'm gonna do me. I'm gonna do my life. I think I know what's best. And so really what you're doing is you're worshiping yourself. But the truth is, that's why I believe celebrities and people that are worshiped don't last long in this life and are not very healthy people. Very few celebrities, very, people, very few people that we know that are, that are worshipped and lifted up, even band members, right? People that are, are lifted up and have worship constantly at them. They are people that do not emotionally do well. Why? Because we're not meant to be worshipped. Only God is meant to be worshipped. I remember my junior year, I was on the worship team, um, and uh, I had a, my electric guitar at that time. I, I was getting lessons from this really good electric guitar player, so I was starting to like learn how to solo and stuff. And so I would talk to my worship leader every week, like, "Can I have a solo? Like, let me play a solo. Just give me like a a course, right?" And so I remember, like, I'm in my church on a Sunday morning, and I literally have my guitar, and I like, put, would put my guitar, and I would solo like this. And literally at one point, there was a few girls that would sit kind of right on this section. I would be soloing and looking at these girls while I'm leading worship. I know, disgusting, right? Girls, this is why you don't trust the male mind at least until 25, okay? Just please, all right? At least until you're 25, until it's kind of somewhat fully developed, all right? And so I'm out here, I'm playing these guitars, trying to, again, trying to impress these girls, and I'm playing my guitar, and my worship leader was a very godly, nice, wonderful, mature man of God, and he pulled me aside the first week I did that, and he goes, hey, you're off the worship team. I'm like, what? I'm like, dude, you don't have any other electric guitar player. Like, I'm the star of this church. I'm awesome. He's like, no, your heart's not in the right place. Worship isn't about you. It's about God. Come back when it's about God. And that stunk, but that was the beginning of a transforming process in my life of going, wait a minute, God. Wait a minute, it's not about me, not about the gifts you've given me. It's about me worshiping you. See, we all worship someone. Who are you worshiping tonight? I want to encourage you, that in your, if you're in a winter season, if it's been a hard couple of years for you, which I think probably all of us can say that, if you want springtime to come, you're going to need to surrender. Thank you for listening to the U-Turn podcast this week. If you want to learn more about U-Turn, you can go to uturning.com or go to our Instagram, and it's uturning, all one word. I hope you have a blessed and a wonderful week.